Well, the passage we're focusing on this morning at first sight doesn't appear particularly promising. It feels a little bit like it's just a summary of Paul and his friends travel plans over the next uh, few months and years. But I hope as we dig deeper we'll see there's a lot more in there which will really encourage us to think about our friendships, our relationships with one another. Philippians 2, 19 to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out on their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. And so here we are, we've got the cast of the uh, Three Musketeers, as we might call them, or uh, maybe the Three Amigos is more your scene. I know that was uh, one of my favourite Steve Martin films. We've got Paul, Paul the Apostle, under house arrest in Rome, with a passionate desire for the best for the Philippian church. We've seen that, haven't we, over these past few weeks. Then we've got his sidekick, Timothy, Paul's apprentice and his partner in mission who gets the credit as a co-author of this particular letter. And then there's Epaphroditus, a man sent by the Philippian believers to encourage Paul and to bring him a gift to support him in his ministry. And a common feature of these three men is their compassion and their great concern for those around them, for the church community and for one another. We've already seen it with Paul, the, the whole letter is infused with a passionate concern for the wider church. It's been so prayerful and encouraging and, and wise and his words exude love, genuine heartfelt love. Timothy is praised by Paul in this passage as one who will show genuine concern for your welfare. And this is in contrast to what Paul sees being lived out around him in others. And it's motivated by a desire for God's purposes to be worked out in the world. And then Epaphroditus, he's already shown his concern by coming to visit Paul. And we discover his longing for all of the Christians in Philippi. He's been prepared to risk his life for them. And these three men, they live out practically the call of Jesus, the call to serve, the call to love, the call to give of themselves and others. It's all a bit different, isn't it, to the sort of alpha male, macho, dispassionate caricature which prevailed in our society until quite recently and still does prevail in, in many ways. Within society, within wider society, we've seen uh, more of this sort of generous attitude 
than perhaps we've seen for quite some time. People genuinely looking out for one another and giving of themselves for others, whether it be uh, through their work, whether it be through volunteering in the community, whether it be through a, a real generosity of spirit. And of course our prayer is that uh, that sort of attitude will become more and more embedded in our culture and society. It won't be quickly forgotten as we seek to move on. There's also been a, a lot of that in the life of our church and I've been particularly struck by the way that Christian concern and support and compassion has been expressed in some of our life groups. So we're going to hear now from a few members of the group that Angie Moller leads on a Wednesday evening. So thanks for being willing to chat tonight. I'm going to ask Angie, first of all, just to tell us a little about, bit about the group and uh, how you've looked out for each other over these last few months. Well, we started as an Alpha course two years ago and there was a core group who wanted to continue learning about the Bible and, and looking into deepening the Christian faith. So um, about a year ago, we actually became a proper home group and a few other people who were either new to church or were interested in what we were studying joined us. So we're a group of seven, but we are hoping to expand again soon with new Alpha members. And during that time, we found that we've actually got to know each other really well. There doesn't seem to be any hold barred really about what people are happy to discuss and share. And I think it's all been underpinned with prayer. So tell us how you've done that over these past few months when you haven't been able to meet physically. Well, initially we just started having a chat perhaps every couple of weeks on Zoom. Um, we do contact each other via WhatsApp group and most days there's messages going to and fro either just for support or just to ask for prayer. Um, various members of the group have experienced bereavements and all sorts of issues and so it's been very important and a privilege really to be part of offering support. Great, thanks Angie. And perhaps other members of the group can tell us a little bit about um, what the group's meant to you over recent times. And Angie's already said it's been quite demanding in lots of ways for several members of the group with bereavements and job losses within their families, all sorts of different challenges. So perhaps Deb, first of all, what has the group meant to you? I think in this time, the WhatsApp group has been really useful for everybody. I mean, it's been a great source of being able to share our prayers or anything that we wanted to share. So it's been lovely to find out more about the group. So we share things like our um, arts, our crafts, our photographs, our friends, our family. And we just, you know, we just had a laugh as well along the way. So we had a few jokes going around the group as well, which has been great. So it's just been really nice to discover things that probably we wouldn't have found out about each other really. So we've deepened our relationships, which has been a really useful time to have a Brilliant. WhatsApp. It's been great. Brilliant. And what about for you, Phil? Because you're fairly, fairly new to the group, you've done the Alpha, joined this group. What has it meant to you to be part of it, particularly over these last few months? Yeah, so I, I do class myself as new. Uh, this group has been a pillar of strength for me. Sadly, my dad passed away on Monday, Thursday. Uh, ever since then, I've been supported by the family and by the, the group that we are in on a Wednesday. We always send details and messages to people and uh, the support, even coming to my door, people have brought presents. 
I've had cards when my dad did pass away. And um, even on Father's Day, we all sort of remembered fathers that have gone, passed on. And what about for you, Tim? Because you've had a bit of a rough time with things recently as well, haven't you? Yeah, sadly, like Phil, I lost, um, I've lost people. I lost my dad and my uncle over the space of a couple of weeks. Um, and the challenges, of course, that that is involved with uh, COVID and hospitalisation and things. So um, not only at the passing, but at the build up to what was happening and what I was dealing with, the group have been fantastic help. Um, got a big uh, circle of friends and family around me, but none of them are from faith. And so it added the extra dimension, really, where you could share scripture and, you know, get lots of encouragement and lots of genuine love and, and of course, prayer. And you could really feel like you could, um, I guess, explore that side of your character that you wouldn't normally feel comfortable to do, perhaps. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more on that as to what you see as some of the distinctives of, you know, Christian friendships and Christian fellowship over other friendships. Yeah, it's just a different dimension, I guess, if you're sort of feeling in particularly mournful or thoughtful. Um, I feel that you can, with sections, passages from the Bible and various different sort of poems and things that were shared, and people's experiences and different strengths of faith and knowledges of faith, um, have really helped. And because when you're in that frame of mind where nobody can say the right thing to, you know, fix it, uh, maybe that's time where you could bury your head in the Bible or watch a YouTube clip, but it's not quite the same as knowing that somebody out there feels or has felt the same and um, still trusts in the Lord. Great. Thanks, Tim. And I'll ask the same question of Angie just to finish. What would you say were some of the distinctives of Christian friendship? Well, I think it's been an amazing group and like most of them are new Christians and there's been a real depth of love that's developed we feel like we are a family um and i think that is different to perhaps when you with your own friends or family who perhaps haven't got a faith the fact that we can talk about anything and like i said before we underpin everything with prayer so each day we might flag up prayer requests but each week we actually do publish a prayer list which we send out to each of us to carry in our hearts for that week so I think knowing that God is with us and amongst us has really been such a strength for our group. Yeah brilliant and I know you've, you've done a lot with that yourself Angie haven't you by pulling together the prayer requests each week and sending them around and, and I know that's been really appreciated so thank you. Well thank you all so much for sharing I'm sure this will be a real encouragement to other life groups and to others who listen to this. It's great to hear uh, about the ways in which they've been supporting one another and uh, I'd encourage other life groups to reflect on uh, how you're offering support and prayer and encouragement to one another in these times and if you're not part of a life group now's a great time to join uh, especially if you're feeling a bit isolated do get in touch and we can link you up with a group. All of this has caused me to reflect a bit more on the nature of Christian friendship and Christian fellowship. How should that be reflected? in our community. Just pick out three aspects this morning. First of all, one that came up in that uh, interview, is that one of prayerfulness. What a fantastic gift. Recognising that we can't make everything better for people who are struggling by ourselves, but we can cry out to God on their behalf. As we sometimes sing, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. So prayerfulness marks out Christian friendships. 
Self-sacrifice is the second one. Christians don't have monopoly on this, of course, but we're well-placed to give it as we seek to follow the example of Jesus. Paul had spoken about this earlier in, in the chapter with that great servant hymn, uh, verses 1 to 11. Giving of ourselves for others, not asking for anything in return. Joe talked last week about the pouring out of our lives for others. I know I've been on the receiving end of that sort of self-sacrifice by friends of mine during the darker times of my life. And it's made such a difference uh, to me and there's been so much appreciated. People who've been willing to drop anything to offer support in difficult times. So out of those two, first question, is prayer at the heart of your Christian friendships? And secondly, where do you see self-sacrifice in those friendships? And thirdly, there's that whole area of encouragement. An encouragement and a desire to see people become more fully the people who God has made them to be. Longing for others to flourish. As we see in this letter, it's not so much about um, physical flourishing, about material flourishing. It's about that spiritual flourishing. So how do we seek to encourage people to fulfil their potential? Do reflect on those three questions. Tucked away in Ecclesiastes is this little gem. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. The cord of three strands is not easily broken. In the relationships described in our Philippians passage, two are clearly better than one. In our interviews with Angie's home group members, two are clearly better than one. Mutual support lifts and encourages. It's a real gift from God. But it's that last verse of that Ecclesiastes passage that is particularly striking. The cord of three strands is not easily broken. That's commonly understood to be a, a reference to having God at the centre of a friendship. Two people and God together, a force to be reckoned with. So I'd encourage you to reflect on your own friendships, your own relationships across the Christian community, giving thanks for those friendships and making the most of them as you seek to keep God centre stage.